Hey folks, thanks for tuning in again, or for the first time, to my silly little podcast, A Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole, where I ferret through my vinyl collection of about 500 records and my tiny brain of about 500 remaining brain cells and take a light-hearted, positive, fanboys look at my favourite songs and bits of songs and artists that fall within a different, pointless, set theme every episode, and I sometimes highlight some rock and roll bed shits just for some fun. It's really just an attempt to archive some stories, old YouTube interviews, and some great songs for like-minded rock music fans. Choosing from any song part or artist that has given me joy as a listener or a slight Norwegian wood as a musician. It's not a countdown, but I will leave my favourite choice for last. This is just a bit of laid-back, unnecessary fun that hopefully inspires someone to support a musician by buying some music or some merch, or listen to an old favourite album, and check out all this amazing shit that I adore, which has formed the soundtrack of my life. As a lot of people do like to share their opinions these days, please let me know if you think if I have missed anything in my record collection that I know and that I like by sending me an email at thisisnotarealemailaddress at gofeckyegoodself.cockgoblin.com. That's cock spelt with two Ks, and I'll get back to you as soon as I give a shit. But seriously, if you do want to say hi, you can hit me up and follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook a rock and roll rabbit hole podcast or via the website a rock and roll rabbit hole.com that's com spelt with a c the website also has spotify playlist of all of the songs used in each episode past episodes as well and some other golden magic and i also have some small playlists of the great lesser known artists that i like to highlight at the end of each episode on the victims tab of the website Please rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast. If you are digging it, that's super helpful and genuinely appreciated. Thanks again. Apologies in advance, and here goes. So I think it's a bold power move to mention rock or rock and roll in the lyrics of a song because it often can be lame, sometimes fun, and other times it's perfect. There are so many songs that have tried and for today's episode, we'll dig deep on songs that I love that mention rock or rock and roll. So let's just start by mentioning that there have been 16 songs that have made it to number one in the US with the word rock in the title. And just some details on why I lean on the US charts a lot for info, mainly just because it's the world's biggest market. And just to prove a point, I just picked this song as an example. Everything I do, I do it for you. And I chose that tune because I knew it was a monster single everywhere. And I'll just pick the five main countries where people listen to this podcast and list the sales numbers. So here in Australia, the song sold 140,000 copies. In Canada, 200,000 copies. In New Zealand, 10,000 copies. In the UK, 1.85 million copies. And in the USA, it sold 4.1 million. And I couldn't find any details on Norway. Hastkuk. So the song sold 2.2 million copies in Australia, Canada, UK, and New Zealand combined. And nearly double that, 4.1 million in the US alone. Hence my using the US chart numbers more than other regions, especially New Zealand. And I'm not sure if that's due to New Zealand's small population, 
or New Zealand people not putting up with Brian Adams' bullshit. Anyway, let's get into it. Episode 41, Rock Mentions. So I was talking about the 16 songs that have made it to number one in the US with the word rock in the title. And the Billboard Hot 100 started in 1958. And from 1940 to 1947, it was actually three separate charts, the bestseller in stores, the most played by disc jockeys, and jukebox plays. And after 1958, it was just ranked on sales alone. So from 1940 to 1958, there were three rock titled songs. 1955, Bill Haley and the Comets, Rock Around the Clock. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. But it's that right, so join me home. We'll have some fun. 1956, we had Rock and Roll Waltz by K Star. Mom was dancing with Dad to my record machine. And while they danced, only one thing was wrong. They were trying to waltz to a rock and roll song. A one, two, and then rock. A one, two, and then roll. They did the rock and roll. And in 1957, Jailhouse Rock by Elvis Presley. And after 1957, there were zero rock titled cases until 1973, where we got this one. July 1974 had back-to-back rock-titled songs. Rock the Boat by the Hughes Corporation. And Rock Your Baby by George McRae. Another one later in 1974, we had Rock Me Gently by Andy Kim. Nineteen seventy-six, we had Steve Miller Band's Rockin' Me. So keep on rockin' me, baby. Keep on rockin'. 
was another US number one in 1977 with Rock in the title. I'm not sure it qualifies, but I'm going to pop it in anyway. second number one single in America of the 80s was Michael Jackson's Rock With You. Billy Joel's It's Still Rock and Roll To Me also went to number one in 1980. We had nothing in 1981. March 1982 had Joan Jet and the Blackhearts, I Love Rock and Roll. Jump forward to 1986 for this horrific piece of Euro cheese. Nineteen eighty-nine had this piece of horrifically covered by a soap artist fluff. From 1989 to 2011, we had zero, and then this pile of party poop made it to number one in July 2011. And then the last one was October 2017 with this auto-tuned pile of Post Malone whatever Anyhow, there's a bit of history on songs that have had rock in the title, topping the US charts, and hopefully the quality of songs improves when I dig a bit deeper on rock mentioning songs that I like. So let's mention a few songs that mention rock as a real thing, not rock as the music. I didn't mention this song, but I played it in my Charlie Watts Rolling Stones episode a month or so ago. And this song was actually the last Rolling Stones song to make the US top 40. It's one of the better Stones songs from the 80s in my opinion. And it actually has a pretty good horn part in it. Yep, I said it. Okay, sax. Bad. 
song that made it to number two in the US is a sad song from a singer that I mentioned last week. Rarely gets mentioned in the great singers debate. I've always loved his voice. When I saw the jazz singer, the, the whole idea of the identity crisis of the person struggling against different cultures um, and trying to find a balance for himself, I was thinking, I, and I said it would have been a perfect song for that film, you know, with a, with a slight variation. Because, and, and then after a while, I realized Love on the Rocks you know, expresses some of that same emotion. You know, it's that person's trying. I think of Love on the Rocks not so much as a, a love song to somebody, but as a, almost a performer talking to the audience, saying they need you and they want you, and also then they turn it back on you. So it's like this constant um, uh, struggle for affection in that way. Did, does, does those songs have any, I mean, is Stuff on the Rocks kind of a um, parallel song in any way to you with I Am I Sad? Uh, I think in a sense it, it probably is, but it's really for the uh, ear of the beholder to uh, to interpret that. Uh, it is, it's, it's kind of a lost uh, song, you know, put that in my category of lost songs. Love on the Rocks Ain't no surprise just pour me a drink and I'll tell you some lies Got nothing to lose, so you just sing the blues All the time Gave you my heart, gave you my soul Left me alone here with nothing to hold Yesterday is gone Now all I want is a smile First they say they want you In case you missed it, Neil Diamond actually won't be touring anymore. Legendary musician Neil Diamond suddenly cancels the rest of his 50th anniversary tour after revealing that he has Parkinson's disease. This says Diamond is set to be honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award at Sunday's Grammy Awards. Revelation from rock legend Neil Diamond. Turning 77 on Wednesday, Diamond revealing this week that he's retiring after being diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. It's with great reluctance and disappointment that I announce my retirement from concert touring, he says. I've been so honored to bring my shows to the public for the past 50 years. A song I think I briefly mentioned back in episode 26 and 27, Seven Up, but I chose a different darkness song for the episode. It has a similar title to the Neil Diamond song we just heard and is one of the highlights of a live darkness gig with a silly Freddie Mercury-style sing-along and extended on the shoulders of Rhodey's crowd guitar solo. Love on the rocks with no ice.
song I missed in last week's episode because it mentions gin, also has a very similar title. It's from an album from 1988 that went to number seven in Australia, number 10 in Canada, number one in New Zealand, probably with seven sales, number 18 in the UK, number 17 in Norway, and number two in America. And it's Open Up and Say Ah by Poison, and the song is Love on the Rocks. And it also has a laugh I missed in episode 37. Let's chuck in a few songs that have rock in the title or the lyrics, but not rock followed by an roll, as we'll get to that later. We discussed an obvious one, We Will Rock You, in episode 36's Dig on the year 1978. So I'll go with another Queen song recorded in 1978 that says rock in the lyrics twice. And I'll forgive Freddie for mentioning jazz, as I hope he is referring to their album called Jazz in a song that Robbie Williams definitely lifted from, including the word rock. Let Me Entertain You by Queen. song we talked about in part two of my dig on Motley Crue, which is reportedly about teen porn star Tracy Lords, falls short of mentioning rock in the title, but stretches further in the chorus to drop a rock mention, all in the name of Motley Crue.
crew are serial offenders with Raise Your Hands to Rock, mentioning rock in the chorus and rock and roll star in the verse. Start My Heart mentions rock twice. Girls, Girls, Girls mentions rocking. Something for Nothing mentions Duvonet on the rocks. I know it's a loose connection, but Don't Go Away Mad, Just Go Away mentions a rock, it's ship. This next one was a bit of a shock to me because I always thought it said walk away, walk away. But on my Dire Straits dig a few weeks ago, I found out it actually says rock away, rock away. Tunnel of love. Hey now I'm searching through these carousels in the carnival arcade. Searching everywhere from steeplechase to palisades. In any shooting gallery where promises are made to walk away, walk away, walk away, walk away, from color coats and Whitley Bay, had to walk away. And girl, it looks so pretty to me, like it always did, like the Spanish city to me. When we were kids. And off the top of my head, Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits also mentions rock and roll. It ain't what they call rock and roll. Then the Sultans. A song from an album released in 1984 that sold 4 million copies worldwide. And the song is grammatically incorrect twice, and then it corrects itself on the third time, luckily. And it's this classic from Twisted Sister. I want to rock. 
that was the other one, you know. Because sometimes I think, William, there was a uh, show called One Hit Wonders and they put Twisted on it, we're not going to take it. And I'm screaming at the TV, it's actually two. Two and a half if you count the price. Um, I, I've been blessed as far as my ability to write songs. I, I, I wrote all the Twist Sisters songs myself and, um, and, they, and my head just fills with song ideas to the point where I taught myself to just shut it off like a faucet. Don't think about songs unless you have the time to put it down on tape or put it down in some fashion because otherwise you forget great ideas. So uh, I was writing, getting ready to write stuff for the Stay Hungry album, well, what became the Stay Hungry album. And my, I had already was married, I already had a kid, uh, he was only a couple months old, and my wife was going out to the grocery store to get some, uh, to get dinner. So she said, and the baby was sleeping. She said, uh, you know, watch the baby. I said, cool. She leaves, and I said, you know what? It's a good time to do some writing. So I got my list of song titles, because that's what I would walk, work off of, and I rolled tape. And in the 45 minutes she was gone, uh, I wrote the Stay Hungry album. And uh, I, that makes probably some people sick. I'm not saying every single word, but the basic ideas uh, of the Stay Hungry album, every song on there, was in that 45 minutes that she was gone. And she came back said, so uh, how'd that go? And I said, not bad, I think I got something. And one of the things I had on there was I want to rock. Now, here's something about I want to rock that I, uh, uh, that I never gave Eddie Ojeda credit for, so um, I'm going to do it now, my guitar player. And when I had an idea for the song, it was, I want to, and the crowd would go, rock, on the word rock. I had the idea the gang vocal would hit, so I want to rock. And when I told Eddie Ojeda about it, he says, oh, you mean like, I want to rock, rock. And I went... Yeah, that's what I meant. That's that's what I meant. I didn't say good idea, Eddie. I said, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. The, the rock would be the response, which was a much better idea. So um, I want to rock the video. And this is funny. When we recreated We're Not Gonna Take It, we sent it to MTV, which was a music channel in the States. And Les Garland, the head of MTV, hated it. He said, this isn't a rock video, this is method acting. That was his words. And it never made it out of medium rotation. As popular as people think it was, now much music they played the hell out of that. I could love you guys, because this country per capita was our biggest in the world. But in the States, he kept it in a medium rotation. When we did the video for, uh, for I Wanna Rock, I said, well, let's do a sequel. So basically it was just like, okay, the dad in We're Not Gonna Take It goes to work and he's a school teacher. When we sent the I Wanna Rock video into MTV, Les Garland watched it and said, now this is a rock video. Heavy rotation. It was the same damn video. A mid-90s rock-mentioning minor hit from a Scottish band is Rocks by Primal Scream, another great singer.
The opening track of the first Stevie Ray Vaughan album I heard has rocking in the title. The album Instep won a Grammy for the best contemporary blues album. And this song was written by Stevie Ray Vaughan and Doyle Bramhall Sr., who's obviously the dad of Doyle Jr., who's a solo artist worth checking out, and he's also a sideman for Roger Waters and Eric Clapton. House is rockin', Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble. Full of Ramon songs have rock in the title. Rockaway Beach. Radio, and just for something different, I found a demo of the song. Rock, 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 rock,
It's one of the cornerstone albums of the rock universe, has two rock mentioning songs. The album has sold over 37 million copies, including 40,000 in Norway, and is rated number 58 on the Rolling Stones' greatest 500 albums of all time. And here's the obvious one, where rock is the eighth word that Robert Plant sings. last word in this classic. Stedford over. I wanted to try to put something together which started with uh, a, quite a fragile, exposed acoustic guitar playing in sort of style of uh, a poor man's bourree by Bach, that sort of aspect. As far as the instrumentation goes, there are going to be a, 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 recorders to the early part which gives it a sort of slightly medieval feel. That was an idea of John Paul Jones is to put the recorders on um, and he played the recorders. When I actually had the idea for Stairway, I wasn't, that wasn't necessary, I wasn't thinking recorders, I was thinking more the texture of actually the electric piano. The idea of Stairway was to have uh, a, a, a piece of music, a composition, whereby it would just keep unfolding into more, uh, more layers 
and more moods and actually the whole intensity of the, or subtlety and the intensity the, 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 of the overlay of the composition would actually uh, accelerate as it went through on every level, every emotional level, every musical level, and so it just keeps opening up as, it's, as, it, as it continues through its sort of passage. Magnificent with his input of lyrics to the music of Led Zeppelin anyway. This was during the period that we were at Headley Grange that uh, the, the, the thing was put together. It was slightly complicated to be doing this whole thing without a vocal because at the time there weren't any lyrics and this is the this was the backbone of what the song was going, was intended to be and the, the whole of the running order from the beginning to the end was sort of mapped out. It was tricky, it was a tricky thing to do because there, there, there's a lot of music and changes in it. I remember during that period, Robert was, he was sort of sitting down, leaning against the wall, and he was just sort of writing. I, I, I won't never forget that image of him doing that. We do a run through of it from beginning to end with the uh, uh, guitar opening, as we all know. And then Robert comes up and starts to, he starts to pitch in and sing. And I tell you, he had said, must have been 90% of the lyrics were, were already done. I'd learnt about John Bonham that he could be really effective if he came in somewhere down the line on the song. And so everything is starting to open up on this map, on this journey through. And all of this stuff was planned, you know, it wasn't just an accident or everyone chipping in. It was just, it, it, it really was a, a sort of design. cardinal rules when I was a studio musician was that you didn't speed up and I was keen to do something which had an acceleration to it not only from the musical point of view but from the lyricist so that the whole thing would start to gain a momentum as it went through so it wasn't just a monotone piece and by that I actually mean that it would that it would subtly speed up so you're breaking the number one cardinal rule. The concept of the solo was to have something like a sort of fanfare, so it's a definite transition. So it comes in with a with a fanfare to introduce this solo, and the solo is just going to soar right through. It was a very inspired time for all of us at the time that we were living in the Headley Grange uh, as a residence. Eating, sleeping, making music. That's what we were doing day after day after day. And it sort of tells when you hear the fourth album. 
but you know, Stairway is a sort of byproduct of it, of, of all of that. But you know, it's obviously been quite substantial in uh, as a milestone for Led Zeppelin. end of that solo there's the trills which lead it into this huge finale which is the vocal as we wind on down the road. It's really, it's, it's really motoring. It's not racing, but it, it's just the passion of it has just, has just unfolded on every respect of, of the, 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 the lyrical aspect of it. Robert was inspired. period of time. It sort of shows, that I think the lasting quality of this music over all these years is the fact that everyone's playing so honestly and uh, with such conviction that it sort of shows. Now it's Stairway to Heaven. A lot of people consider it the most classic song of Led Zeppelin time. But it's my understanding that while you, you will perform it, it's not your favorite thing to perform. Well, it's not, no, it's not about it being my favorite or not. It's nothing, it, it, it's nothing to do with that, really. It's just that it belongs to a particular time. If I had been involved in the instrumentation, I would feel that it's magnificent piece of music which has its own character and personality it even speeds up in a similar way to some pieces of more highbrow music but my contribution was to write lyrics and to sing a song about fate and something very British almost abstract um, but they were coming out of the mind of a 23 year old guy you know and um, and it landed in the years and the era of 23-year-old guys. And I think as time goes on, you find, you find that you may find another period of your life has got a little bit more substance or is more relative later on down the line, you know. So as much as I, I like it, um, I'm not wedded to that whole deal now. Chuck Berry has three rock-titled songs, 1960s Let It Rock. Reeling and a Rockin'. Without a rock and roll dance, having nothing but fun, and we roll. 
one of his most famous tunes, rock and roll music. Rock and roll music was rated number 128 on the list of Rolling Stone's greatest songs of all time and made it to number eight in the US. It was later covered by the Beach Boys in 1976. Just let me hear some of that rock and roll music in the old way you choose. Where it went top ten in the US and the Beatles version went to number one in Europe and Australia in 1964. Just let me hear some of that rock and roll music. Speaking of the Beatles, they loosely have a rock-titled song too, this one. Now somewhere in the black mining hills of Dakota There lived a young boy named Rocky Raccoon And one day his woman ran off with another guy Hit young Rocky in the eye Rocky didn't like that, he said, I'm gonna get that boy so one day he walked into town, booked himself a room in the local saloon. Rocky Raccoon checked into his room, only to find Gideon's Bible. Rocky had come equipped with a gun to shoot off the legs of his rival. His rival, it seems, had broken his dreams by stealing the girl of his fancy. Her name was McGill, and she called herself Lil. But everyone knew her as Nancy. Now she. There's an interesting little story with Rocky Raccoon. Oh my God. With the doctor stinking of gin. I was riding on a little moped to see my cousin Betty. And it was a moonlit night. I said, wow, look at that moon. When I look back, the bicycle is now here. And there's no way to get it back up, so I'm hitting that pavement. I smashed my lip and everything, and bleeding away. I go, hey, Bet, don't worry, but I've had an accident. Ah! And she said, oh my God, bring the doctor. I think it was around Christmas time. Well, he was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need a couple of stitches. I'm going, okay. Have you got anaesthetic? Uh, no, I've got a needle and thread. And he's trying to thread the needle. Right. But he can't, oh, can't see it. Yeah. He's seeing a few needles, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so Betty takes it off him and she threads it. So he was the doctor's <laughs> thinking of you. <laughs> I never forgot him. Now the doctor came. And proceeded to lie on the table He said, Rocky, you met your match And Rocky said, Doc, it's only a scratch And I'll be better, I'll be better, Doc, as soon as I am a 
So just circling back on the Beach Boys, they also covered a rock mentioning song in 1965, which went to number two in the US and number three in the UK. And it was originally recorded by a band called The Regents in 1958, but not released until 1961. And check out the annoying sax when they sing the rockin' and a rollin' bit. ACDC have 21 rock titled songs, all but one mention rock in the lyrics, and here's the list in song. The one ACDC song that has rock in the title but doesn't mention rock in the lyrics is Rock and Roll Train. And two of my absolute favourite ACDC songs both have rock in the title. There's this one. Possibly my favourite ACDC song, Rock and Roll Singer.
Rusty from Electric Mary here, um, introducing you to our brand new single, The King of Rock and Roll, a metamorphosis of all the humans we know who have and haven't been. Stylistically, it's a little different for us. Uh, we've got uh, the world famous Lockie Dolly on keyboards with this one. We've got some girls singing on this. We've even got the friend and 80s singing great Juno Roxas singing on this one with it. Right. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, basically it was thrown up to me from, by Alex, our bass player, who said, you know, um, you know, you need to write a song called The King of, the King of Rock and Roll. I said, oh yeah, what is that? He said, well, you always go around telling people that's what you are. <laughs> I don't say that. What are you talking about, man? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I started writing it. Originally, I started writing it about Bon Scott. You know, I, I always think, you know, he, if he says, you know, he's second to none, man. Yeah, damn straight. You know, there's, there's equals, you know, there's Freddie, you know, and there's Robert Plant, and Bon Scott, he just had this thing, you know, and, and it's, it's hard to be, and it's hard to explain, and that's why the song isn't about him in the end. <laughs> I didn't feel like I, I could, I could, I had the right knowledge, because I was trying to write it as an understanding of how, how he would feel, but of course I, I wouldn't know that, so I couldn't really write it. Mm. But then I started going, you know what, I could write this about a bunch of people I know who have had, you know, maybe a little bit of success and, you know, stuff has dropped away, but people are still wanting to go out and see them play, you know, it might just be 100 people now, it might be 50, um, but they're still out there, you know. Basically, they're probably being ripped off by uh, record companies and whoever else thinks they can make money out of them. Mm-hmm. But they still go for it, you know, and some people still think they're the king of rock and roll, which is very cool. Very cool, mate. And the song sort of chops and changes from rock to heavy. There's blues tinges in there in places, mate. So why cover so yeah. much territory with one song? Um, yeah, look, I listen to a lot of different music, um, when COVID happened, and and you know, there's no doubt about it. I've, I've probably been influenced by um, different genres that I would normally um, be influenced by. And you know, when we did it, um, it just seems so natural because it's still in the blues-based, um, you know, genre of classic rock music. So. Um, yeah, it was cool. We, we had a few goes at it, though. We wanted to make sure because, as you say, it is a little bit different for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a few goes at verses and choruses to see, you know, which we liked. And this is the one we settled on, which was, I'm pleased. We had a rehearsal the other night and we played it. And I was like, yeah, that's going to be so well.
So I'm going to pop a fork in it there and I'll be back next week with some more rock mentions and there's heaps to go. And thanks again for listening. And as always, if you think I've missed something, send me an email at popahugerock in your small cock at a rock and roll rabbit forward slash cock goblin. And I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Now you can message me on Instagram, a rock and roll rabbit hole podcast and the same on Facebook. So if there's anything you think I've missed that's of quality, let me know. Thank you so much again. I really do appreciate your listening. I'm trying to find some time to do the Motley Crew bonus episode that I threatened I'd do last week. And I hope you tune in next week for some more rock mentions. Thanks again. We'll see ya.